Welcome to Amazon Legends, where we have real stories about making it big on Amazon. Our guests are CEOs of large companies and entrepreneurs who became power sellers, also providers specializing in helping sellers, aggregators that acquire sellers, and former Amazonians will give us an insight from behind the scenes. Here is your host, Nick Urison. Welcome to another episode of Amazon Legends. My next guest today has been working with Amazon sellers for the past six years. She's the kind of person where people throw all the complicated stuff that they don't want to deal with. It's too complex. And that's what she does. And she's well conditioned with all the difficult stuff. She's the account manager at page one, uh, which is a full service Amazon agency. And when she's not working, she likes nature, running, and personal growth, and also spending time with her eight-year-old daughter. And by the way, she's also a military wife, so uh, she knows what it's like to make sacrifice. So uh, with that, everybody, meet my guest, Shiva Priya Deepak. Welcome to the show, Shiva Priya. Uh, thank you for having me in your show. Oh, it's a pleasure. Uh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to have real fighters in this Amazon <laughs> business, yeah, right? So, yeah. Um, so for those who are listening, we've got a real action-packed episode for you in the sense that we're going to share stuff that is uh, the Amazon features. You don't have to pay anything. And these are features that are underutilized but have high value. So we're going to go through them one by one. And Shiva Priya is going to share with us what they are and, and how to use them. So with that, let's dive right in. So what is the first thing, Shiva Priya, that you would say is the most important that every seller must pay attention to? Um, so there are some uh, common mistakes done by sellers, even big brands make these mistakes while setting up the brand registry. Um, you know, um, I generally don't recommend launching your uh, uh, products before having your uh, brand registry done because um, uh, you won't be able to have your detail page very retail ready with A plus content and all that. Um, but sometimes, you know, um, you would have just got your uh, trademark done, uh, your brand registry is underway, and uh, you are in some kind of rush to launch your product, you know, for whatever reason that is. Um, so in that case, you know, um, you have to keep in mind of a uh, few things regarding the brand registry. Um, so brand registry, it is um, generally case and space sensitive. Um, what does that mean when I say that? Um, say if you are... Um, uh, registering your brand um, algo metrics, for example, um, you know, you registered with um, um, all letters in uppercase, uh, you have to keep in mind uh, to list your products with the exact same brand name in the seller central. Um, suppose if you list your items with just A in uppercase or um, um, there is some gap between algo and metrics, um, and, and you've launched the product, uh, the ASNS Live on Amazon catalog, um, and uh, you get your brand registry done in a month or so later, thinking that, you know, everything will, you will get all the brand benefits later on. But it won't work that way because technically now you have a different brand name. Um, it is all upper uppercase in the brand registry setup. 
but it is kind of different or uh, different spelling or different space or uh, you know the uppercase lowercase uh, so it it won't identify as a registered brand so you will lose all the brand benefits um, so always keep in mind um, to a brand uh, to, to plan your brand name properly make a note of it and uh, you know provide the exact brand name to whoever that is listing your um, products in the seller central uh, to make sure that it is all mapped correctly so it is not just small um, uh, private label sellers even big brands make such mistakes because you know some brands they have they even have um, uh, two to three permutations of uh, their brand names registered with um, you know different cases the space and everything and they use kind of different names for different listings uh, and at the end uh, when they come to agencies like us uh, it is very difficult for us to um, get all this cleaned up and have all the listings updated um, to one uh, singular brand name uh, uh, to, to reflect everything properly you know because um, sellers I think uh, they are not educated on these things they are not aware they don't pay much details or uh, attention to the details so I think it is very important um, to uh, keep in mind all these things before you set up your brand registry and set up your listings with the correct exact name as in the brand registry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is key because at the end of the day, yes. if you are selling on Amazon, you have um, fundamentally two different business models. One is you are a reseller, you're buying stuff that already sells or you're building a new brand. And if you don't get your brand registry act together, and then you create your brands incorrectly, then there is no value without really going through a lot of work. And, and yeah. a lot of work involves going back and forth with Seller Central, you know, seller support, which is not the easiest thing. And, and frankly, it's not easy anyway, because really, let's face it, that's one thing Amazon really is not good at, providing support for sellers. But also, they are there to protect the brand. So they don't want to make changes to listings, to brand registry information without really uh, understanding fully that the changes are uh, legitimate. So, so this is very uh, big deal. So let's quickly review everything that you said. So I'm going to... I'm going to put it kind of uh, in a more clear uh, sequence of events and the specifics. And then you tell me uh, if this is correct. First and foremost, what I heard you mention is first set up your brand registry account before you set up your seller central account. That means yeah. signing up, right? Would, would oh, you agree? Yes, yeah. Okay. So make sure that you set up your brand registry account first. Create your, of course, that will become your primary account that you'll be logging in with. You will be automatically assumed to be the owner of the brand. And then after that, you can delegate other people and give them access to be additional yeah. use on that brand registry. Step one. Step two is go create your Seller Central account. And when you do that, make sure you use the same email address that you used for exactly. setting up the brand registry, right? Would yes. you agree? 
yes i agree and if in some cases you don't see your brand name on the seller central that is if it is not mapped correctly um you can raise a case from the brand registry portal uh, giving your merchant token id from your seller central merchant token id and raise a case to uh, in the brand registry portal asking them to just link your seller central account properly yeah. so sometimes what happens is that you don't see all the brand benefits the brand menu option uh, on your seller central account in spite of you having the brand registry set up so in that case it means that the account is not mapped correctly you don't see the brand benefits on your seller central account so you you just have to go and raise a case in the brand registry portal giving your merchant token id so that uh, they make it happen for you yeah so this also is a fairly recent addition to brand registry because in the early days they they did not have that capability so uh, people yeah. would set up a brand registry account after setting up a seller central account and yeah. then the two would exist in isolation and so they would simply be seen as the reseller of the items they were listing and yeah so amazon made this addition to brand registry you can actually link your seller central account with your brand registry account afterwards but if you don't want to get into that the easiest way is make sure that your uh, brand registry account is done first and then if that's the yeah. case you use the same primary user uh, account to create your seller central account that way the two become linked if that's not the case just go ask and use the, the feature you have in amazon brand registry so then uh, the next thing that you mentioned is after you have your trademark registration yes first of all that's the trademark on record now that's going to be the official trademark you have to set up the same trademark on brand registry exactly the same case sensitive make sure it's one word and yeah. or two words it can be two words also but it is space sensitive we just have to keep in mind about the space uh, we just have to use the exact same name in the same fashion on amazon listings okay so um, you you're referring to the the brand value that is submitted when you create a listing yes. right so you yeah. must match that exactly to what is on uh, brand registry and then also obviously that matches to the trademark so any variations of it even slight you know uppercase lowercase differences yeah. will make reseller right yeah it doesn't recognize it as a registered brand name okay so that's very valuable okay so let's not talk about what if it's not done that way so let's say that somebody made a mistake and we already talked about how to link seller central to brand registry um if it's not done the right way you can use the feature but what if they created their listings and they realized that they did it all wrong and the listing has been selling they don't want to uh, delete yes. they use the upc so they're stuck with it so how do they deal with fixing it um so the step one is you can try doing a, a full update through flat files so you what you have to do is you have to delete the listing and relist it after 24 hours uh, using the proper brand name um through flat files and do a full update 
so uh, most of the times this works but sometimes uh, it doesn't work the brand name doesn't change at all because brand name is one entity uh, that uh, cannot be changed once the listing is set up easily so if if it doesn't work if if your luck is bad and the full update doesn't work you have to go back to the brand registry support and raise a case request them and they will 99% they will deny that they will say that no this product is set up with this particular name and if you have to uh, have the brand name updated you need to submit a lot of proof saying that you have changed the name in your website and all that um all that unnecessary uh, you know going back and forth with brand registry support and all that happens it's a long fight generally with the brand registry support you have to just make them understand that uh, you have genuinely done a mistake that you are you were ignorant that you were not aware of all this stuff and uh, uh, you know lots of going back and forth basically um eventually um i have had a success uh, in getting the brand name changed most of the time but it just takes time it just takes persistence uh, and lots of uh, you know patience to put up with the brand registry support and uh, you know all that so but something you said that's uh, interesting but so the step one i try uh, i always try to delete the asin and relist it after 24 hours because when you give the 24 hours gap um, everything uh, that is on the amazon catalog uh, it it generally overwrites the information the new information that you provides again after 24 hours it generally overwrites but brand name is one entity that it is very difficult to change once you have set up your listing so that is why i say make no mistakes in first place but if in case you have made a mistake it is possible to have the brand name changed but it just takes a long fight okay so we, the, this is the case where your brand name that you submitted with the listing is wrong it does not match what's in brand registry so and you're trying to change it and make uh, make it match what's on brand registry. So yeah. what I heard you mention is you don't go to seller support, you go to brand no. registry support, yes. right? Yeah. Why you not have to raise go a to case seller through support? brand registry? Because eventually if you raise a case to, uh, in the seller central support, they will um, you know, assign it back to brand registry support. I see. Because anything that is related to the brand name, it is dealt by the brand registry support. So that means that um, even though it's related to listing, if the yeah. flat file doesn't work after deleting and waiting for 24 hours and submitting yeah. the correct one, it doesn't work. Well, by the way, share with us what happens if you submit the flat file and, and you have the correct brand. Of course, you're going to submit the same UPC. What yeah. happens then uh, if, it, if they come back and and because they they're gonna does the listing get created or what do you get when you do that submission uh, the asin remains the same everything uh, that you had earlier all the reviews rating your asin number nothing gets changed you will still have the same asin back again i see so your submission basically goes nowhere no yeah I mean, uh, your ASIN doesn't get changed. You will not lose anything. You will have all your sales rank, ASIN reviews, and nothing get nothing get lost anywhere. Okay. How about any inventory you have? 
inventory it still remains all the fba inventory uh, the for the period of time the 24 hours that you don't have your listing the inventory becomes standard of course uh, so once you have the listing back again uh, the inventory automatically becomes available okay so you are going to see your listing back and it's uh, with no changes and brand no, is what still are the wrong. changes that you have uh, uh, um, you know made of the brand name changes or the listing content like bullet points or product description whatever changes you have submitted through the flat file it gets through yeah and uh, except but changing the brand name uh, doesn't uh, you know it's not a 100% uh, guaranteed uh, success rate uh, with the with the flat file so it's a it's generally step one i try try through the flat file method if it doesn't work we have to raise a case okay and then after that go straight to brand registry don't bother with seller support and and with brand you registry can support go to seller support but eventually they will assign it to the brand registry support okay and with brand registry support you have to explain you made a mistake admit all yeah. the wrong thing and and say you want it changed okay well this is uh, valuable information and uh, saves hopefully it will take a long time but hopefully it will save some of the some of the time that you may end up wasting yeah. without reading. okay cool okay uh, next thing that you see as a common problem for private label sellers and but they don't know how to deal with it share with us share with us what the next thing is counterfeit counterfeit sellers are you know another very common problem dealt by uh, you know most of the private label sellers uh, so again uh, brand registry is very crucial to um, get rid of your uh, private uh, counterfeit sellers um, so uh, th th this is very simple so that is this uh, report a violation tool um, on the home page of your uh, um, brand registry dashboard um, so all you have to do is um, go there, enter your ASIN number, uh, submit and submit an um, IP violation by choosing uh, the particular seller's name. So uh, they usually act on it uh, within an hour. Like it's uh, it's mostly very instant. Uh, so the seller will be banned from uh, selling any of your brand registered item um, in Amazon in future. Um, so and again, brand registry also offers this a uh, new program it's relatively new uh, it's called transparency program uh, transparency is a product serialization service um, so what happens is um, amazon generates a transparency code uh, for every item that you enroll in their program um, so each code is unique it's more like a barcode and uh, you have to uh, you know st uh, stuck to st stick it to every unit that you manufacture um, so if um, someone uh, wants to uh, sell their uh, products on your listing, um, they need to provide this transparency code and uh, it will be verified by Amazon um, before their offer is made live. Um, so, you know, it, it is just to make sure that um, every product that is going to the buyers is genuine uh, and there is no counterfeit products because um, you are the manufacturer and uh, you are putting the transparency code on every unit that every single unit that you manufacture. But, uh, you know, it, it comes with a little cost. There is a cost involved. It can cost anywhere between um, one to five cents per code. 
um but if you are uh, majorly dealing with a lot of counterfeit uh, uh, you know sellers uh, in the market it is worth it it is totally worth it uh, but um, you know i have to make this a point uh, uh, you have to remember that brand registry is only to get rid of the counterfeit sellers they don't help you to get rid of the genuine resellers selling on your products on your listing because you know for amazon um they they are also you know all they amazon welcomes all resellers right because it is end of the day it is business for them uh, if you want to get rid of the resellers those who are selling your genuine products you need to uh, make that happen outside of amazon like you need to establish an agreement with your distributors to you know restrict them from selling on amazon because amazon and brand registry support they don't um, uh, help with uh, uh, getting rid of the resellers it only helps you to get rid of the uh, counterfeit sellers yeah so I okay so uh, shiva prayer this is a very deep subject and it hurts yeah. especially large brands and you just mentioned three different things and i want to dig into each one so yep. the first one is the easiest one counterfeit what is the definition of counterfeit uh, counterfeit seller so the definition of counterfeit seller is someone another seller who is selling your item under your listing yeah as an additional seller first of all these are easy to spot in the sense that it's your listing. You created it. You own it. It's your label. Unless you know for a fact that there is no, there are other resellers that you have distributors, you have supply chain. Unless that's the case, there should be no reason other than you to be on your listing. So when you spot another seller that's bound to be a, a counterfeit. However, there is an exception. If you also have a B2B pricing setup on Amazon, and one day you decided that you're going to offer a deep discount to collect reviews or whatever the case may be, and you sold in bulk, and you also did not set up a maximum quantity for purchase, to each buyer what can happen is some people who have an amazon business account they can go make a purchase for large quantities under yeah. your b2b pricing using the additional discounts that amazon business program offers them and then they stock up on your product and then they undercut you on your listing. They will be legitimate sellers because they're not selling something else. It's your item. That becomes a more complicated situation to deal with. Um, so I'm just going to say that as a, as a side note, keep that in mind. However, if you do not have resellers through a distribution program, uh, through a supply chain or anything like that, then there should be nobody else selling your item on the listing. 
Then you go to brand registry and there is an option there for reporting a violation. And I have seen it uh, happen instantly. As soon as you submit, it gets removed. Uh, I have seen it uh, come up showing under review. And then that review typically takes about a day or so. And then I have seen it come up as under review. And then with a response, we have declined your request because they reach out to sellers and the seller produces documents. Yes. And then they become convincing enough for brand registry to say, okay, you know, they seem to be legitimate and then they will decline it. And then that takes sometimes that under review takes three days. If something comes back and it's declined, you can file an appeal against it. And you can say, we, we want to appeal because this is still not a net submit. So tell me about the appeal and what your thoughts are. Yeah, you can still escalate even after uh, the brand registry rejects your uh, violation. You can still escalate. And uh, if your case seems to be genuine, they will definitely remove it. Um, because what happens is when you um, report a violation, a brand registry sends a notice to the particular seller saying uh, the so-and-so seller has submitted a violation on your account. So the seller can always fight it back. If they have a genuine invoice or something, uh, they can prove that, uh, I, see, I'm selling a genuine product. It's not a counterfeit. So they can always go and prove their side. And if that happens, as you said, um, they, they decline. They, they don't take your uh, violation into consideration. They just reject it. But still, you can go back and escalate if you still are sure, pretty sure that there is no way that there, there can be any reseller for your particular brand. You can escalate it and, uh, you know, prove your side. Yeah. Okay. I have a quick word from our this week's sponsor. Channeled is a marketplace and e-commerce partner for growing D2C brands. Our senior team provides a more comprehensive approach to marketplace management, including channel PNL, proven strategies, and better execution. We use a data-driven approach for full-funnel Amazon ads, including DSP. Get a free account audit and a $1,500 bill credit during your first three months if you partner with Channeled. Visit channeled.net slash argometrics to learn more. There is a situation where you are operating a supply chain where you have distributors and you yeah. have uh, wholesalers that are buying directly from you. Then they are obviously legitimate sellers yes. and, and then they are also deciding to sell on Amazon and you may go into competition with them on your listing. There isn't much you can do in that case except that your agreement with them must clearly state that yes. they are not allowed to sell on Amazon. Yeah. If that is the case, then you can, there's nothing Amazon is going to do for you. In that case, you have to go directly and then you have to uh, serve a, a cease and desist order and then yeah. take legal action, cut off their supply or whatever whatever you can do within the confines of that agreement you have between you and them. Uh, otherwise, one practice is map policy. If you up, uh, I would suggest operating a map policy. And then if they violate all those things, 
So, um, sir, tell us what your take is to putting up that fight. Does that usually pay off or, or are you really stuck with them? Uh, what is your experience? Yeah, even with the map price setup, uh, you tend to lose the buy box often to other sellers on your listings. So you are in some way or the other, you are at loss. Um, so it is always a best practice to have a clear agreement uh, with all your distributors. If in case you don't want any of them selling on Amazon, you have to uh, you know, set up a proper uh, agreement with all your distributors, um, preventing them to uh, you know, sell on Amazon or any other marketplace like eBay or anything else. But um, if, you, if you're going the map price way, um, it is safe. But again, uh, you tend to lose the buy box. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah, if uh, you and the other seller are uh, selling at the same pricing, um, the buy box gets shared, right? You don't always have the 100% buy box percentage. Um, so you are at some point, you know, you, you, lose, you lose some sales. Yeah. Okay. Now, I want to talk about the transparency program. So yeah. first of all, uh, just for, for our, the listeners' benefit, uh, you can look up transparency program. But basically, transparency program makes every single item you sell just like prepaid calling cards. So yes. every single prepaid calling card has a PIN number that's unique to that card. It doesn't work on other cards. So even though you have your UPCs on your products, that UPC is the exact same UPC on every single piece. But when you use the transparency program, you are simply putting a different code on it's a each unique code right uh, and amazon will sell you however many you want if yes. you want to join the transparency program right yeah 100 percent. so it is a unique code each and every code is unique and uh, every every time that you send uh, your inventory to fba uh, amazon scans and uh, confirms that it is a genuine product Okay, so now this obviously because Amazon is issuing the transparency code, they yeah. know it's so if somebody else fakes a UPC code or they go, you can you can you can take a product and then put your own UPC code on it by registering as a manufacturer, and that's gonna make it a legitimate UPC. And, it, and therefore a different product, then, then they cannot sell it under your brand. They would have to simply create a different listing. It just gets, it basically loses the brand advantage. So if it's your brand by using transparency codes, you're going to make sure that since Amazon is, is issuing the transparency codes, they will know exactly this is legit. However, now you need to have internal systems, right? Yeah. When, when you buy UPC codes, it's easy. You just plug them all into an Excel sheet. And, and then as you assign them to your items, you can simply make a note. But now if you produce 100,000 pieces, you're going to have 100,000 transparency codes, right? Yes, exactly. So it is not for uh, small sellers. If if you are not dealing with huge number of counterfeit sellers, it's not worth it. It's it's a it's a huge hassle. Yeah, it's it's a 
it's a, now you're going to have another inventory management of all yeah, the additional steps. Yeah. yeah. So people often mention transparency codes as a solution, but it actually creates a much bigger problem because if you don't do this right, even though you send products yourself, your shipments will also be rejected, right? Yeah. You run into that risk. Yeah. So just be careful. And we're not here to, to get into the details of transparency code. We're just here to share some ideas. We definitely, for those who are facing tremendous problems with counterfeit sellers uh, and have the extra budget to buy transparency codes, yes. and most important, have the systems in place to track every code for every unit produced. Track and manage, yeah. Then this may be an option for you. Okay. I have something important for all my listeners. Sellers lose money on lost or damaged inventory with Amazon, which can add up to a lot over a year. Did you know that there is a way to claim all your losses? Yetida is the global leader in Amazon FBA auditing and reimbursements for Amazon FBA sellers worldwide. They deliver results with no upfront costs. They get paid only when you get paid. Visit www.getida.com forward slash legends to learn more and sign up. And thanks to our friends at Getida, your first $400 in reimbursements will be free. That's www.getida.com forward slash legends. And that's www.getida.com forward slash legends. Now let's talk about the third one. Legitimate resellers. Mm -hmm. And illegitimate resellers. In other words, those resellers who buy your product, they are selling your product, but you don't know them. You have no idea who they are. Yeah. So there's two, two categories under resellers, legitimate ones, illegitimate ones. Uh, or let's call them unauthorized, authorized and unauthorized. Authorized resellers, we already covered. So you have you, you better make sure that you have an agreement that says that they can't sell on Amazon. And if they can't, it's an external situation. Uh, but how about the unauthorized resellers? What do you do about them? Yeah, you mean um, the those resellers that buy their, uh, uh, that source their products from the distributors, right? So there is like indirect sourcing. They're yes. not buying stuff directly from you. They are sourcing it from somewhere, someone else that is getting the items from you. They are still selling the legitimate items, um, but they are not unauthorized. But you know what? Amazon uh, encourages resellers. Uh, the brand registry won't help you to get rid of such resellers because at the end of the day, they are also selling the legitimate items. So what you can do is you can just do a test buy and confirm if it is a legitimate item or not. If it is not, you can go through the brand registry and get them uh, removed. But if it is, um, you know, you, you have to uh, get in touch with them. You have to identify from where they are sourcing their products. They must be getting from one of the distributors 
um, to whom you have uh, the agreement with. So you need to go back and trace them, uh, you know, uh, find out um, from whom they are sourcing the items and get an agreement in place with them. Okay. Otherwise, so, uh, it could be the case that uh, they might have bought from bought it off Amazon uh, as a B2B buyer, the, the case that you mentioned, it could be that way as well. Yeah. So in the case of buying from Amazon, Amazon will know. And so that's a more gray area. But the case of unauthorized resellers who buy from third parties. Yes who may be authorized. Now, there is a situation here that, um, again, we're not here to give advice, legal advice, especially, uh, but as best practices. There is, there is one thing that Amazon cares the most about, and that is the customer experience. Yeah. So anytime you are a manufacturer and you make a product and then you offer it, it comes with certain warranties. Now, yes. in order for a manufacturer to honor that warranty, the first requirement is that it's a legitimate product. It's an authentic product. So as a seller, as a manufacturer of a product, if you suspect somebody to be selling maybe the same item, but you're not sure. Then you are, as a result, not sure whether or not you should honor the warranty. So therefore you can ask Amazon's help to validate that this was an authentic purchase on their part in order for you to be able to honor the warranty claims for exactly. Amazon customers. And then they will come to your help and one thing that I've been able to get success in is even though these resellers produced invoices from, because Amazon will say, okay, is this invoice for their purchase of the source products? Third party verifiable. So if yes. a reseller produces a third party verifiable commercial invoice, they are likely to deny your claim. Yes, it is still a legitimate item and it is still, you know, manufacturer's warranty is still applicable. So right? the case I made successfully was this. I said, first of all, since we are the manufacturer, we have to honor the warranty claims warranty, replacement, we have these policies that apply to this product. And, and we can only offer that to authentic products. Yes, we understand they, this seller produced a third-party verifiable commercial invoice, but third-party commercial verifiable commercial invoice only proves that he made a legitimate purchase. It does not prove the authenticity of the product. He may have legitimately purchased counterfeit products. Yes. We can only verify the product in terms of its authenticity. We cannot authenticate the product 
by way of seeing a third-party verifiable invoice. Correct. So therefore, we are not able to honor any warranty or replacement claims by Amazon customers for products that are supplied by this reseller. Yeah. So therefore, we ask for this reseller to be removed. We don't know them. They haven't bought from us. They're not authorized to sell. And they only have an invoice, which doesn't prove the product they are selling is authentic. Yeah. So therefore, and and they successfully, you know, granted the claim and removed the reseller. So, so that's that's something that I can share with the uh, with the. But it's a very fine situation. Um, by the way, if you have ten resellers, as soon as you file this, Amazon is going to remove them anyway. So yes. only a few that may fight it may uh, be an issue. Okay. All right. So, um, so uh, think about the situation. I don't know. It may work for others, but uh, it's, uh, it's something that seems to have worked for us. So let's move on to the third one. What else do you use that Amazon offers free of charge that gets underutilized? Um, premium A plus is... It has recently become free of cost, but I don't. I still don't see many sellers making use of it. Um, so, the premium A plus is, you know, kind of same as the standard A plus. It goes in in the same space, the same place. Um, it is just an um, infographic style, the uh, enhanced uh, media content with more interactive modules than what you have in your standard A plus content. Uh, you know, having A plus content, is, is, it is super important now since, because it is not 2015 anymore, right? Because we know that um, shoppers, uh, they don't uh, read much of the uh, text that you put out there. You know, uh, no, no, we, we are all uh, visual beings and we would like to be communicated visually. And uh, a premium A plus content, it used to, it used to cost uh, quite a million dollars earlier and only big brands like um, um, say the likes of Nike, Bose, Sony, you know, um, you know, all these big brands used to have access to it or it was um, available for Launchpad. Uh, but now that Amazon has uh, made it free, I think every seller uh, should make use of that. And yeah. there are some... Um, prerequisites for uh, premium A plus content. Um, one is like, number one is you need to have the brand registry. That is quite obvious. Um, number two is um, you need to have a brand story uh, set up. And the three is um, you need to have at least um, 15 standard A plus projects approved. Um, so here is the catch, right? Uh, it, it doesn't mean that uh, uh, you need to have at least 15 ASINs uh, to have 15 A plus content approved. It is just that 15 uh, projects approved. Uh, so you even if you have one or two SKUs, you can just keep submitting new A plus projects repeatedly, like until you get 15 approved. So I know it, it'll take um, a long time um, because uh, uh, every, every single A-plus project takes about 
couple of weeks to get approved but what i'm trying to say is it is still possible even if you are a very small seller with just one or two skus uh, it is still possible to get access uh, is what i'm trying to say yeah. and uh, premium a plus has uh, uh, you know a few interesting modules uh, there are some interactive uh, uh, modules um, like um, videos and uh, image carousel slider um interactive hover over uh, hotspots and uh, the um, comparison uh, chart uh, which you have uh, the, the table which you have in premium a plus is slightly different than the st standard a plus uh, there is a q and a module uh, you know there are lots of interesting modules uh, uh, in premium a plus content which i think uh, it it will make a huge difference yeah yeah premium a plus uh, is is making a big difference and amazon claims that it lifts your conversion rate 10 to 15 percent so nobody knows uh, i i am a big you know supporter of premium a plus so this obviously is something that uh, anybody who has one listing that's enough for you to get premium a plus you can just go and create new projects and submit it and just set up your schedule on your calendar so submit a new one for every few days so that way you'll have once you have the 15 you can apply and amazon will approve you so uh, then you can start building this premium a plus okay so the next one is when you and i mentioned you mentioned a couple of things that that i want to cover quickly one is how you use the Amazon posts. Yes, Amazon post is um is it is another um, underutilized tool I would say. So post is um you know it is one of the um, inexpensive ways of uh, driving traffic to your uh, product detail page and also to your storefront. So post is uh, you know it is nothing but um, Amazon's own uh, Instagram uh, where you can. Um, post pictures of your products, um, tag the essence, uh, and, and when the uh, buyers click, it will take them to your uh, product detail page. Um, so it is a nice way to grab buyers' attention. So you can um, actually make use of uh, all your social media content because these days every brand has their social media presence, right? So, so you can just reuse and recycle the same images that uh, you use for your social media or you can even edit something simple using Canva. So uh, it is almost inexpensive. Like you don't have to uh, make it really very complicated. Um, so your potential buyers, they will um, find your post um, either on your listings or it, it appears on your competitor's listings. So um, I would say like if you are posting consistently and uh, um, if you have established um, a strong brand personality, um, you, you can easily grow your brand followers on Amazon uh, for free of cost. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, these days it is very important to have more followers on Amazon because um, the more followers you have, the better it is for um, running campaigns like um, manage your customer engagement and such. Um, so at any cost, it is, uh, you know, it is just a free traffic that you're driving. Yeah. And... So um, where, where yeah. does it appear when you create Amazon posts? Sorry? 
where does it appear the the posts that you create where where are they shown yeah it will it will show on your product detail page like when you scroll down it will just show appear on on the bottom of your product detail page and it also appear on your competitors listing basically it it is just scattered everywhere in the in the category so okay so it's almost like advertising right so it's like running ads yeah. except it's free Yes, it is almost like advertising. And also, you can become a follower of your feed because that's your feed, essentially, running across your competition, across your own product pages. Yes, exactly. And you, you can also download the report from the uh, post dashboard. Um, you can see how many clicks you have got on your product detail page, how many clicks you have got on your storefront, and the number of followers uh, that each post has got. Uh, so uh, this will help you to figure out what works best for your brand and uh, what kind of images doesn't work for your brand. So uh, eventually you will be able to, um, you know, strategize better uh, uh, regarding the uh, pictures and the captions and everything. Yeah. Okay. And the last one is you're visualizing your listing. In other words, comparing how it looks in desktop versus how it looks in mobile. Because these days, if you are selling consumer, heavily consumer-leaning products versus business products, you most of it is purchased on mobile, right? So yes. uh, share with us how to get, how to utilize that feature. Yeah, so as you said, like, 80% um, of the traffic, it comes from your mobile app, uh, not from the desktop browser. So when you're designing something, be it A plus content or your storefront, keep in mind to um, design it for the mobile and then see how it looks on the desktop. You need to, you, you kind of need to work it backwards because, um, you know, there are some A-plus modules um, that look very different on the mobile than on the desktop. Um, for example, um, we were talking about the premium A-plus content. So, for example, if you have a video on your premium A-plus, when you are viewing it on the mobile, it kind of, you know, blacks out the whole screen and it plays just your video. Uh, it doesn't... It, it it kind of it doesn't give you a good user experience i would say um, because it when you hit back um, you have to like scroll it all the way down to go back to where you were earlier but on the desktop it just plays on the screen uh, within your a plus itself so it doesn't you know take you to you know an outer world and bring you back there mm -hmm. so you know likewise um, there is this um, um, multiple image module um, in your standard A+, which uh, we don't generally use because of you know how horrible it looks on the mobile screen. It just leaves a lot of white space on the mobile. The, te the text shows up in an awkward place. Um, the images appear very small. And overall, it doesn't look very pleasant at all. So that's why like before you put together your design, you got to make sure to see how well it looks on your mobile before you, you know, check it for the desktop. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the numbers speak for themselves. Most people are making their buying decisions 
on uh, that they're looking at your product, they're deciding to buy or not to buy. It's all on on your on the the smartphone, and the yes. smartphone. Not every single smartphone comes with a big screen, and also by design, things don't look the same. And by the way, Amazon deliberately shows some of the content in a different place yes. when it's viewed on on the mobile phone. For example, um, the bullets appear under the A plus. Yes. And, but on, when it's on a smartphone, but uh, if you look at it on a desktop, it's right next it's to the product pictures, right? So, okay, very important point. Well, uh, this has been very useful and um, very good conversation on counterfeit, which is everybody's problem. So um, thank you for sharing all this. Uh, I call this wisdom because this is, you don't hear these things from people who just run the business. This is all from the people in the trenches. So thank you. I want to now move on to the part where I'd like to get to know you better so so that listeners can see where the person that they've been listening to uh, is coming from. So tell us, uh, first, start from the beginning. Where did you grow up? So I, I'm, I'm born and brought up in India. I still live in India. So I'm guessing I'm probably the first Indian to appear in your show, right? No, no, you're not. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're, not, you're not even a first Indian uh, woman who appeared oh, on that. Really? So, you know, one thing I'm going to say, and I, I, I thought it was totally the other way, but uh, women from India are extremely independent and extremely knowledgeable, and I find them extremely authoritative. Nice to hear. Yeah, I mean, put them next to men. Whatever women say, men listen to. That's what I. That's what I've seen. So don't discount yourself. You know, it's uh, it's it's very. Uh, you know, it, put it this way. The information you shared with everybody is unique. But uh, I did have other guests who were from India, and oh. you guys are knowledgeable. So okay. tell us, uh, tell us how, how uh, t share with us some of your early experiences growing up in India. Yeah. So, like, I did my bachelor's in engineering, and... Uh, um, I was working with HP as a business intelligence consultant. Um, so, and then life happened. I married, I got married to my husband who is in the military. Um, so I had to quit my job at one point uh, to move in with him uh, because um, like, you know, military deployments are um, usually very far away from the city. And, um, you know, I couldn't just continue with my corporate work and everything uh, because it is, uh, this is back in 2013, like 10 years back, uh, the remote job was not quite a norm. Uh, this is like pre-COVID era, I would say. So, um, and then like I started my family life, had a baby and, and then the, the regular stuff. But I soon fell into depression because um, life as a military wife is not easy as such. And also I've, I started feeling like I have lost my identity. I've lost my job. I've lost like who I was, like life totally had changed. I would say like women have to be financially independent, no matter 
what your family background is, no matter who your husband or your father is, you have to have your own career. You have to be financially independent. Like we know, we have seen the pandemic. We have been through everything. Like we know how unpredictable this life is. We can't just depend on anybody to provide for us, right? So I was quite depressed uh, that um, I, I don't have a career anymore. So by then I had uh, uh, about four years of break in my career. And then in 2017, 2017, I decided to get back to workforce somehow. So I was so desperate. I tried uh, my hands at many things. I just didn't see myself fit into the software industry again. So um, I was trying out many different things. And um, by chance, I entered into the e-commerce uh, in 2017. Um, and it was a full-time remote position as well. So I was quite happy. So um, I initially started as a copywriter. And then I um, worked my way through other operations. So yeah, that's how today I work as an accounts manager in page one. So how did you get out of that feeling depressed? So it was quite hard because uh, like uh, I have I have done my bachelor's in engineering, right? It's I, I have put in, put in lots of hard work um, to study and get to where I was. And then suddenly I had to quit everything like, um, I love my husband, but um, so life life has totally changed. Uh, I have lost everything that I had, so it was quite very depressing. So I, I, after some three or four years, I decided. So no matter what happens, I have to somehow get back to working because um, it it doesn't matter how much you earn. It it uh, the that financial independence, that freedom that you get. It's very important, especially as a woman. It is very, very empowering. And it, it, I believe that it is a bigger strength and it can change anything. So there are two things here in play, right? So it, and it makes it hard to feel good. One is your life has changed. Yeah. You have very a whole much. different lifestyle. The second thing is now you are financially dependent. Yes. And the two together, uh, they, they work together to keep you down, right? So it's yes. so how did you manage to actually get up and say, no, I'm changing this? Because it, 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 that depression ultimately is draining your energy and you don't want to do anything. You, you resign, you know, everything that you, you do. So how do you get out of it? How yeah, it, it? it's all about figuring out what your needs are, what your wants are. Because at that point in time, I ha I also had a baby. My husband was far away. We, we were just struggling to, um, you know, get the basics done. Because um, as a military wife, life is quite very different from what a civilian have. So um, it's all about uh, getting to the depth of it understanding yourself what makes you really happy what is really lacking in your life what you really need at that point in time to make yourself happy what makes you feel fulfilled and all that and my answer was i was i i i had to get back to work 
and that was my uh, major lack at that moment so that's it's what it is so once you you know um, bridge the gap you will eventually come out of it yeah okay well i mean this is you know what happened here the way i see it is your engineering you know yeah. training paid off because you analyzed step by step and then tried to do something about it and ultimately you did it so it's a it's a great story and and i have to take my hat off to you so uh, we are all depressed uh, from time to time and and it's not easy to get out of it so yes, mental health issues are not spoken about and yeah. it's time to change that yeah and you staying that way three four years it's a uh, it's it takes quite a beating on the human soul so um i i i take my hat off to you completely as a woman oh, uh, as someone who has gone through it and and made it successfully and uh, and you know you've gotten where you've gotten not easily put it that way <laughs> You put up yeah. a good fight. Um, thank you, Shiva Priya. So, um, share with us your contact information. How can people reach you? Um, so you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I can. Uh, uh, my LinkedIn name is Shiva Priya Deepak. You can just find me on LinkedIn, and I have all my basic contact details put up in my LinkedIn profile. Great, and we'll obviously share your contact information uh, with everybody on the site and check out uh, her profile. Uh, yeah. As you've heard, she knows. She knows. She has the answers. So if you have the questions. She has the answers. Reach out to her, and also her agency, Page One, uh, is is an agency that does a good job. Yes. So uh, reach out anytime. Thank you, Shiva Priya. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me in the show. Thank you. Before we wrap up, don't forget to visit www.getida.com forward slash legends to learn more and sign up to claim money for your lost or damaged inventory with Amazon. Your first $400 in reimbursements will be free. www.getida.com forward slash legends and that's www.getida.com forward slash legends. Also, don't forget to visit www.channeled.net forward slash argometrics to get a free account audit and a $1,500 bill credit. You will join the hundreds of DTC brands. They have helped reach their goals. The address is www.channeled.net forward slash argometrics. That's C-H-A-N-N. E L E D dot net forward slash algometrics. And this brings us to the end of another episode, and I'll see you on the next one. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the episode and share it with someone you think would benefit from it too.